All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about portable games. This isn't like a, a big niche of the industry necessarily, but it is an interesting one. It is one that more and more games are coming out to kind of fill this niche. Tell me about portable games. First of all, why why did you have the idea? Like, why did you want to make a game that was portable? So I personally like all kinds of games. I have a very wide variety. And in a way, my game collection is a game itself that I want to have a game for every person who would sit down at my table. My philosophy is if you say you don't like games, it's that you haven't, we haven't found the right game for you. Challenge uh, accepted, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, with that, I, I find myself a lot of times we're you know, either on road trips or that we're, we're somewhere where we don't have a table um, and we come up with ways, you know, that they're not making like uh, discard trays and things that you can take around so you can play. Um, I think it started even really, really young. I, I even played, um, uh, there was a Star Wars customizable card game. And I, I brought, we had a conversion van and there was like the bed, uh, the the back seat would go to a bed in the back. And I would lay out this big board and be able to play on there. And I was even like talking like wanting to cut out notches to hold all the different cards and things like that. So it's something that I've always wanted to do because you find yourself in a vehicle and, you know, yeah, you can play on your phone, yeah, you can, but it'd be, I'd like tabletop so much and physical cards that I wanted something that you could play anywhere. Now, the interesting thing about this was as I got into the development of this game and got out to some play testers, it actually, I actually found it's, it reached a lot of people I didn't even really consider, which kind of made me feel bad in a way because I just wanted something to play on a road trip. But there are actually a lot of gamers out there who don't have what we would call the typical gaming experience. There's a lot of people who don't have a whole big table that can spread things out because they have a small apartment or they, you know, they're just their house is not set up that way. Um, there's also some other people who contacted me and thanked me for the game. Um, because of the amount of time they spend in the hospital mm. with their son due to their uh, the health issues they have. And I mean, that really that really hit me hard to, to say there is more going on here than just how I play games. And so I should open my mind more to what is out there. And so I think that's another reason why Palm Island did really well is that it was fulfilling a niche that very, very few games attempt to fill. Um, and so that was a really cool thing and has encouraged me for uh, the future and uh, doing more with this sort of genre. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, what are the, what are the, some of the big challenges with making one of these go, uh, games that, that is so portable? So uh, when you have a table, you can have all kinds of bits and pieces and dice and what. I mean, even dice. It's hard to make a portable game that uses dice. I mean, I've seen ones that you utilize the box and they have a tin or something like that. But randomization, you know, you, you could do it with a deck shuffle too. But still, just being able to hold these cards and, and manipulate them, because uh, portable game also is very different, and I kind of took it a step further to be completely tableless because a lot of times portable means a small yeah. footprint, right. where this game has no footprint. It's all in your hand. It's a handprint. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've seen a lot of games recently, people are talking about, oh, what's a good game to play on an airplane tray or a hospital tray table? You know, small form factor games, which there's a lot that fit into that. But normally it ends up being about having uh, very few components. Um and it definitely ends up being a challenge because um, normally when I make a game, I shoot for the moon. And I end up having to add this and I add that. And I normally have to scale back quite a bit. But it's definitely an interesting design constraint and a good exercise to be able to try and make a lot work with just a little bit. And that helps with cost. That helps with um, accessibility. But um, it definitely ends up making you 
forcing you to be a little bit more creative with your designs um, when you end up putting constraints of any kind on yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a challenge that I, I ran into recently. I had uh, I was designing a nine-card game, and I was like, good Lord, how do you design a game that only has nine cards? And so kind of the thought you had is like, well, how do I make these cards multiple use? Like how can they do more than just one thing? And and it kind of goes further. But I don't think I would have ever created a game like that had I not had that constraint. I think it would have just kind of blown up to be something more than it needed to be, and it would have just eventually got on the shelf. But I finished the game because of of the constraints. So design constraints can can go a long way. Any other thoughts or any other ideas, advice on on portable games or uh, what, what you would tell somebody who's making one right now or wanting to? Well, I definitely encourage anyone who's thinking about it, go ahead and do it because there, I think, is a big market for it that we're not completely taking advantage of. Mm-hmm. It seems like we're, especially on Kickstarter, that we're taking up more and more table space with games, right. you know, especially the games that do really well. They all have miniatures yeah. and, and things. Those are the ones that really, really do well. Um, and I think Paul Milan kind of proves that there is a good market out there. I mean, we had uh, 4,800 backers, and I got another, um, let's see, I get the number here. Forty-eight hundred were in Kickstarter, and I have another—I uh, think it was another two hundred so far. So I'm about five thousand backers um, that were interested in this game on just Kickstarter. So you know, when it gets to retail and stuff, I mean, that's going to grow even further. And for a small game like this, that was a humongous deal um, to be able to get that many backers in on it. So yeah, I, there's there is a lot of desire for for games like this. Um, and especially I, I'm going to, I've seen at cons, uh, it's a great way to pitch the game because you can walk around people waiting in line just to get into the, right. the, the, the hall or whatever they, they are standing there. And I, I've, I've been surprised to see how many people sit on the floor and get out big games. <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there definitely is a huge market for it. So I'd encourage anybody who's thinking about it to do it. Yeah, and I think another big advantage of this kind of game is for retailers at, at their game stores, it just sits right there next to the register. It's one of those games that's like an impulse buy. It's, it's just sitting right there. It looks cool. It's like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's a game. It's it's 17 cards. You can play it anywhere. It's tableless, whatever. Yeah, I'll check that out. I'll buy that. And so I think that's another thing just to think about from the product standpoint of, you know, game stores might really like it because they can put it right there next to the register and, and uh, be a little bit of an upsell and when somebody's buying uh, games at their store. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, John, man, again, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, good luck with Palm Island. Good luck with the other games that I'm sure are down the line that you've got uh, rolling around in your head, and and, uh, some really cool stuff is in the future, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me.